Hey, it's Andrew. Just quickly before we start this episode, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, the Secure Ventures Podcast. The host, Kyle McNulty, interviews cybersecurity founders about what they are building. I enjoy it because Kyle focuses on their technology, what it solves, why they build it, where it fits in the market. Also, listeners can understand the why of these startups. In some ways, it's a great compliment to my own podcast, where I focus on the go-to-market side, not on the technology side. He's had some great guests on recently, for example, the CEO of Reality Defender, when they talked about the ins and outs of deep fate detection. Uh, he's had the co-founder and CEO of Ghost Security, and also the co-founder of Radical, Chris Peterson, who was incidentally a founder of Logarithm, where they talk about the role of AI in the SOC. This is not a paid promotion. I just simply enjoy what Kyle is doing with his interviews and get a lot out of them. Check it out. It's the Secure Ventures podcast. Now on with this episode. How do you handle the how much do you charge question? Or if negotiating a package, what are your OTE expectations? Find out the power of ranges in this tip from Chris Foss in his book, Never Split the Difference. Welcome to the Bite Size Sales Podcast, where we believe that sales is the most important team in a B2B company that the sales team deserves great sales skills training but usually doesn't get it, and that taking bite-sized steps each day to get better at your craft is the best way to improve results. I am your host, Andrew Monaghan, and I'm using my experiences in B2B sales to bring you simple, actionable ideas every day to help you get better. If you've been in sales for any length of time, you'll know that the general wisdom is, you know, don't give a price too early. You don't understand what the problems are. You don't understand what they're trying to achieve, their goals are. You haven't established any value in your solution. So how can you possibly just throw out a price when all it's going to do is hurt you? But it can be weird just not answering the question. You know, sometimes in early stage calls, discovery calls, they throw out there, well, you know, how much do you charge for this? And just blanking it or, or, you know, doing some, you know, sales ninja stuff not to answer the question and fob them off can sometimes actually frustrate the, the prospect a little bit. Um, you know what you probably are going to charge right within the ballpark. Um, and you want to make sure that you're on the same page as them. You want to make sure that you're even in the same book, never mind the same page. You both got time to waste if you end up working on the wrong opportunities. When I say both, I mean the prospect and you. You know, you as a salesperson want to know whether it's worth working on. They want to know whether it's worth allocating resources to, to work on this. I'm not a big fan of just ignoring it or working your way around it. You know, if I look back, you know, the few times where I have thrown out a price early on or an indication of price early on, um, is when the and it's actually killed a deal is when it's been a huge disparity with what the prospect thought they wanted to pay and what our proposal was going to come in at. You know, literally looking at hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not million plus dollars, to implement what we have, and the prospect, for whatever reason, is thinking this is a two week long fifty k project, right? And and it's okay to find that early that there's that huge difference because you can either walk away or you can react and and kind of you know, play a little bit dumb and say, yeah, you must be missing something, right? Um, and this translates into compensation negotiations as well. If you've ever been through that dance, 
early on in discussions with recruiters or with companies, you know that you get the the question about what's your expectations for OTE. You'll probably throw back there, well, I you know haven't thought about it. What what's what ranges are you paying for this role? And you kind of do that dance, and it all feels somewhat awkward. Um, and Chris Voss, who is the ex-FBI hostage negotiator, talks a little bit about this in Never Split the Difference. And the example he uses, and I'll tee this up a little bit, uh, is a compensation negotiation. He's, he's already told the story of a guy called Jerry who threw out early on a low number and found out afterwards he was getting paid less than the others. So that was the kind of tee up to this quote that I'm going to read out. So from the book, uh, he calls the section Establish a Range. While going first rarely helps, there is one way to seem to make an offer and bend the reality in the process. That is by alluding to a range. What I mean is this. When confronted with naming your terms or price, counter by recalling a similar deal which establishes your ballpark, albeit the best possible bar ballpark you wish to be in. Instead of saying, I'm worth $110,000, Jerry might have said, at top places like this company, people in this job get between 130k and 170k. That gets your point across without moving the other party into a defensive position, and it gets them thinking at higher levels. Research shows that people who hear extreme anchors unconsciously adjust their expectations in the direction of the opening number. Many even go directly to their price limit. If Jerry had given this range, the firm probably would have offered 130k because it looks so cheap next to 170k. In a recent study, Columbia Business School psychologists found that job applicants who named a range received significantly higher overall salaries than those that offered a number, especially if their range was a bolstering range in which the low number in the range was what they actually wanted. Understand, if you offer a range, and it's a good idea to do so, expect them to come in at the low end. So this tells me that we, we need to use ranges to our advantage because the research is in your favor if you do it. But make sure that the low end of the range that you're throwing out is at the high end of what you expect because you, you might throw out a, a range from uh, 100 to 150. In reality, what the prospect or the person you're negotiating with is, gonna, they're going to zero in on that 100 range because that's where they'll come back. So for an example... Um, be ready with you know, a phrase that I've heard people use. Well, look, at a company like yours, it can really depend on a number of different factors, but you know, similar projects at similar-sized companies uh, have been paying in the region of you know, 750 to 950K, right? And you throw out the range. Um, so you use you know, similar-sized companies, similar projects, a lot to understand before we really nail this down, but... I would expect something in the range of, of this. And that gets the discussion going. It gets the anchoring going, especially if you know that your range is perhaps a little bit high uh, and therefore you're trying to pull up their anchor a little bit. Or for compensation, if you're having those discussions, uh, you could say that, you know, I would expect a role like a sales role like this at a company this size in this market to have an OTE between 275 and 300K. Something like that might be the way you handle that that range discussion. 
So the action from this is if you're uncomfortable and you you dodge the question and you, you do everything but feel good about how you're handling it, you're ch- this is your chance to change your habit. When you hear the question, how much is this going to cost me? Instead of just throwing out the answer that you do now or the way you handle it right now, throw back the the range and that will get the discussion moving forward. If you like this episode, please share it wide and far. Spread the word. I get energy from seeing people download and use this content. So please just take 20 seconds to share it with anyone you think would like it too. This episode is sponsored by Unstoppable.do. Most sales teams are not trained effectively in the skills and mindset they deserve. And these are the most important people in the company. It's no wonder that only about 50% of reps make quota every year. Unstoppable is a service that helps sellers and leaders get great at the skills and mindset they need without taking time out of the field. It exists because if the sales team has the right skills and mindset, they thrive, they are confident, and they perform much better. Find out more and even get a free sales book at bitesizesales.com. And now to wrap up. As Craig Parrish, VP Global Sales Development at CrowdStrike, may or may not have once said, Training without implementation is just entertainment and pretty poor entertainment when Monaghan does it. So make sure you take action on what you learn and keep getting better every day. This world does not need more sales BS, so don't create anymore. Be great at the fundamentals, be honest, be real, be yourself, just do not BS. And finally, I'm signing off as the great Joe Sexton would by saying, gone to sell. It would mean a lot to me and to the continued growth of the show if you could help get the word out. So how do you do that easily? There are two ways. Firstly, just simply send a link to a friend. Send a link to the show, to this episode. Um, You can email it, text it, Slack it, whatever works for you and is easy for you. The second way is to leave a super quick rating. And sometimes that can seem complicated, so I've made it as easy for you as I can you simply have to go to ratethispodcast.com slash cyber. That's ratethispodcast.com slash cyber and explains exactly how to do it. Either of these ways will take you less than 30 seconds to do and it will mean the world to me. So thank you.